0: I understand I could have had class. I could have been a contender. Oh, a smash.
1: Mrs. Robinson, you're trying to seduce me. Here's Johnny. Oh, wait, what do you want? Hey, motherfucker. You never go ask them out. Now what is so damn funny?
2: And where are we
1: go. We will not go
2: quietly into the night. We will not vanish without
1: a fight. Force will be with you. Always the truth you can't handle the truth showtime everybody showtime
2: welcome everybody to another edition of the fanboys anonymous movie club this month february we're doing oscar nominated movies joining me on this month's panel the owner ceo the man that makes fanboys anonymous tick tony mango i know how to make it tick i know all the things that piss it off. poking and Brad, right. uh, and also joining us, the Scream Queen herself, Caroline olivera Hello. So this month we're going to be talking about Oscar-nominated movies, like I had said previously. And the first movie on our slate is Ex Machina. Did I say it right? Yep. Yeah.
1: Ex Machina.
2: <laughs> it's the Jewish robot. No, it's a British <laughs> a 2015 British science fiction psychology thr- or psychological thriller. Film written and directed by Alex Garland in
1: his directing
2: debut. It stars Dom. Ha- oh, I'm oh,
1: I'm not even sure how to pronounce that dude's name.
2: <laughs> Dominal Gleason, Alicia Vikander, and Oscar Isaac. Think of that last one. Ex Machina tells the story of a programmer, Caleb Smith, who is invited by his employer, the eccentric billionaire Nathan Bateman, to administer the Turing test to an android with artificial intelligence. Uh, it was made on a budget of about $15 million, a film that grossed over $36.9 million worldwide and received critical acclaim. Uh, the movie itself was nominated for, uh, in the Academy Awards section, for Best Original Screenplay and Best Visual Effects. Tony, what were your initial thoughts on this film?
1: Well, I've been watching as many of the Oscar films as I possibly could this time around, and I usually try to do that, but at the same time, some of it's a lot of uh, bullshit, like I'm not watching Brooklyn, the hell with that. <laughs> and X Machina was one that I was just like, you know what, it's not nominated for Best Picture, but it seems pretty interesting. I actually liked it quite a bit, and I am a little bit pissed that it's not nominated for Best Picture. Caroline, what was your thoughts?
0: I agree. I loved this movie. I think it's one of the best examples for psychological thriller uh, and sci-fi together, I mean, uh, out there. And it was just awesome. It was awesome.
2: So the cast consisted of people like of names that I can't say. So Hall Gleason (laughs) is uh, Caleb Smith. Alicia Vikander as Ava. Oscar Isaac as Nathan Bateman. Some of the supporting cast was Sonia Mizuno as Kyoko. Samira A. Templeman as Jasmine, Alina Aminius as Amber, (laughs) Ghana, not going to say that guy's name, as (laughs) Jay. (laughs) (laughs) Tiffany Pisana as Katia, uh, Claire Selby as Lily, and Corey Johnson as Jay the helicopter pilot. Uh, When it comes to casting, Caroline, what did you think overall with the casting that was done for this movie?
0: Okay. uh, The guy that plays Caleb, I adore him he was in one of the episodes of one of the best shows i've seen uh in the last few years called black mirror and it's really interesting because it's the same kind of like sci-fi thriller aspect to it i love him i kind of have a weird crush on him because he kind of looks like a leprechaun but he's so cute (laughs) um so i love i loved him in that movie i think he's super vulnerable um, at the same time, he's highly, like, impressionable and in the verge of a mental breakdown. I loved it. Um, Alicia uh, Vikander, V-Kan, whatever, uh, she's gorgeous. I kind of felt like f- for a second I thought that it was Natalie Portman in the movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, yeah, great. I mean, her is the only one that I would say I could see another actress playing her role, but... I don't have anything bad to say about her. And uh, Bateman is also amazing. He's a definition of like the douchebag. And I love that. <laughs> um, no one in that movie made me feel like, oh, my God, this guy is making the movie bad or the acting's flawed. I, I think they did a really good job.
2: Tony, what were your thoughts on
1: the casting? Uh, I think it's Donal. Gleason?
0: Oh, don't,
1: don't know? Yeah, it's one of those weird things where it might be like the M and the H are silent or something. I don't know. Uh, good old Donnie, I guess. I don't know. I like it. Uh, Gleason. We'll just call him Gleason. Yeah. He is hes more than capable. Uh, he kind of seems really vulnerable in the movie, so you sort of feel for him being like that nerd that is all excited <laughs> to be just kind of like, I'm working with the guy from Google, like that <laughs> kind of a thing. I was surprised at Oscar Isaac. I didn't think that he'd be as much of a douche that he was. You're right about that. He really came off as a complete asshat <laughs> and a total drunk and whatever. And it's weird yeah. to see that these two characters are the total opposites of what they are in Star Wars. Because <laughs> you got Gleason is just like this meek, frail little, you know, uh, I'm sorry, I, I, I'm a little nerd. And then you take him in Star Wars and he's screaming and he's very Hitlery, and all this <laughs> kind of shit. And then you got Oscar Isaac, who is this drunken, morally decrepit type of jerk. And then he's this charismatic, nice guy in Star Wars. So that was odd. Uh, Vikander, she was amazing in this, I thought. Uh, I bought her as being some kind of cyborg or artificial intelligence pretty much the entire time. And the only times where I thought maybe the opposite was when she was fully clothed and had hair and all that. And I was just like, okay, they did this because it's like a special effects thing. (laughs) It's a lot easier at some point to just be like, can you just be like normal instead of us having to put green screen shit on your face? But (laughs) she was great. I loved the idea that you could see kind of like the way that she twitched her face a little bit now. And then it was a little bit robotic and just something was off about her. And I don't know why she's not nominated for Best Actress for this. And she's nominated for The Danish Girl, but I haven't mm-hmm. seen that yet, so I don't know. She was also, she was nominated for it for the Golden Globe Awards for Best
2: Supporting Actress.
1: Mm,
2: that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Did she win it, Dina, by any chance? Uh, it just says nominated, so I'm going to guess the Golden Globes haven't happened yet. No, they did happen, so she must have oh. lost. She lost. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent host. Um, she great, though. To give you a few facts about this movie, uh, it was directed by Alex Garland, uh, produced by Andrew McDonald and Alan Reich, uh, written by Alex Garland. Uh, Music was by Ben Salisbury, not the steak, uh, Jeff Barrow, cinematography by Rob Hardy, edited by Mark Day. Uh, Production company was DNA Films, Universal Pictures, and Film 4. And distributed by Universal Pictures uh, internationally and A24 films locally. The release date was January 21st, 2015, with a runtime of 108 minutes. The country of origin is United Kingdom, but the language is English because that's what they do over there. Uh, The budget was 15 million, and then the box office was 36.9, so they doubled their uh, budget. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes scored the film a rating of 92% based on 221 reviews and with a rating average of 8 out of 10. So, bam. They liked it. Uh, Some of the things to talk about here is like one of the things, musical score. Uh, It was composed by Ben Salisbury, Mistake, and Jeff Barrow, who previously worked on Garland on Dread, a soundtrack album that was released digitally on 20th January of 2015 with an LP and Compact Disc. What did you guys think of the music in the film? Uh, Tony.
1: I don't really remember it all that much, but that might be a good thing. It didn't get in the way, and it was just kind of like mood setting, I guess. So I guess it kind of works. Caroline.
0: Yeah, I agree. I'm, I was trying to like, I was trying to think like, Oh, music in the movie. I'm just really bad with music in general. <laughs> I can tell when it bothers me or it takes me out of the movie, which I'll get to it in a different movie. We're going to talk about, but <laughs> um, yeah, I was fine with it. I'm sure that people that understand music better than we do probably, think it's lovely but
1: (laughs) i'll tell you one scene with the music that was kind of in like came out of the blue that dance scene
0: oh yeah the scene. no but that was awesome okay like he had a he he worked that choreography with the robot okay (laughs) like can you imagine them like practicing together like that's so cute
1: well i was just like i was not expecting it at that point in the movie to just be like You're starting to get all nervous about things, and you're starting to actually kind of like, I don't know, you're predicting ideas like, well, is Caleb a robot himself? Is this the real test? And, you know, all these other kind of stories and stuff like that going through your mind. And then suddenly it's just like, you want to dance? What? I like
0: that that just builds around Bateman's character, though. Like, he's so eccentric and. I don't know about you guys, but throughout the movie, I couldn't trust him at all. I was, like, on, like, on the edge of my seat with him because I thought that he was going to be, you know, the main villain. And he was going to do something horrible at the end. Um, which, I guess, at the end of the day, like, he made her. so well. But anyways, um, I just felt that when he was doing that, it, it kind of reminded me a little bit of American Psycho. When they do the music in that movie, when he's about to kill somebody and he's playing like a cheery old song. Yeah, like that's, makes what, sense. yeah, that's what he made me think about.
1: Plus, it's he just Bateman. like
0: unsettling. Yeah, exactly. Bateman, yeah.
1: These Batemans, you got to watch out when they put music on. <laughs> <laughs> this is Huey Lewis, the news. <laughs> um, one interesting thing
2: I'm reading here on the Wikipedia page, the source of my material. Um, the way they did the marketing is they used the dating app Tinder. And a profile was created for Ava with the image of Alicia Vikander uh, at Swipe the South right. by Southwest Festival where <laughs> the film <laughs> was screened. Uh, if you matched with the Ava character on Tinder, a text conversation occurred that led users to the Instagram handle promoting the film. Uh, according to Brent Lang, when uh, compared with similar film releases in the same year, x mechanic catered to young audiences. Do you think that's an interesting way to get to people? Uh, as someone who uses Tinder, that pisses me off. But uh, <laughs> Caroline, what do you think?
0: I think that's awesome. Like, I don't use Tinder, so... <laughs> but I think that's... I remember reading about that, and it got me really excited. I think that we're in this very weird age where everybody, even really, like, older... The older generation are starting to get into social media or actually, like, really into it. Like, my my great aunt has Facebook, and she's, like, really active on it. And I feel like if that was a few years ago... That whole idea would have been just insane. So I think it was kind of cute that they took like the dating app, which I feel like when this movie came out, it was Tinder was like breaking out and people were really talking about it. And they used it to promote this movie and this character, which, you know, makes a lot of sense. Like she makes uh, Caleb falling in love with her. So I think that was a good idea. <laughs> Didn't piss me off. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Tony, what are your thoughts? I would have swiped right on that immediately.
0: <laughs> exactly.
1: And then you get mad. She's like, oh my God, this hot chick that I
2: don't even know who she is likes me. And then turns out the fucking robot. Right. I'd be like,
1: <laughs> you know, did anybody ever tell you you looked like Alicia Buchanan? <laughs> well, she was adorable in the movie and kind of creepy at the same time, though, I have to admit, when she puts the clothes on. And at that point, I was just kind of like, all right, I would fall for her. I'm sure. This robot would be talking to me, and I'd be like, oh, she is kind of hot. <laughs> So, so, if uh, they did the Tinder thing, I'd fall for it, and then I'd get pissed.
2: That That's exactly what happens. I get pissed when bots get me now. Right.
1: <laughs> not promoting a movie. It's like,
2: damn it! Someone actually talked to me, and then it's just, you're not real. I don't care about your cam.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't want to buy pictures or photos of you yeah. or whatever.
2: Or go to whatever other site that you're promoting, because mm-hmm. this one's too PG. Check out Suck your Instagram it. account. Yeah.
0: Whatever, Bitches. Bitch. <laughs>
2: So uh, as we wrap up this movie, before we head on to our next one, Carolyn we'll start with you. What is your high point, low point, and rating 1 to 10?
0: I love this movie. I just want to say, because we didn't talk about it, that house that the whole movie sets place in is fantastic. It's probably really close to my dream one of my dream houses, because I have a bunch uh, it's beautiful. So, I love the setting. I love the creepiness of it. I love when a movie or a TV show talks about how technology can um, turn against us and kind of beats us in our own game. At the end of the day, we're the ones being in the experiment and they're just controlling everything. So, I love that. Love the acting, love the actors directing for this movie to be this guy first movie it's amazing i i really want to see what he does uh low points i just uh i don't think i have one like i really enjoyed this movie i'm sure that as soon as i stop talking i'm gonna think of something but (laughs) i like this movie a lot so i highly recommend
2: rating one to ten
0: i'll i'll give it an eight or a nine.
1: Something like that. <laughs> Tony, what was your high point, low point, and rating one to ten? Uh, I liked almost the start to the finish uh, for this movie. I will say my least favorite part, though, is just how depressing the ending is. Because
0: what a oh, bitch. Come on. Oh, come on, Tony. No, so He's he
1: got mad at des- Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't deserve it. He ups her out, you know? No reason for uh, her to be so cruel
0: um she's a robot you want her to be nice yeah because she's
1: hot <laughs> and i like when women are good looking and nice <laughs> oh, okay. and smart she has th- two of those three qualities <laughs> uh, <just> a bitch. <laughs> yeah one of my favorite parts of the whole movie is something that's just so out of the blue weird it's um when oscar isaac is drunk and he says why are you trying to use the phone he's like, what? And he goes, who are you going to call? And he's like, oh, nobody. He goes, no, no, go- who are you going to call? Ghostbusters. It's a movie. The ghost gives Dan Aykroyd oral sex. And it falls asleep. <laughs> I like think that's the go-to thing to talk about with Ghostbusters is the blowjob scene. <laughs> Which I totally didn't get when I was a little kid watching Ghostbusters. It was like, I don't know what's funny about this part. A couple of years afterward, I'm like, oh. <laughs> um. One of the things I liked about this movie quite a bit was it kept subverting the different tropes that I was expecting and trying to predict throughout hand, like, well, if he's a robot, then this is going to happen. And then, like, two scenes later, it's like, oh, okay, well, I guess he's not a robot. And then, well, well then this must be the twist. All right, well, then I guess that's not the twist and stuff. So it kind of kept me on edge, which is something I appreciate. Usually by now, I've seen enough movies, I know exactly what's going to happen, and the slight, slight variations are something I I've be able to predict, but... Uh, this one it kept me on my toes, so uh, thumbs up for that. Big fan of the movie. Probably gonna give it a seven out of ten. I think I'd have to watch it a second time before I bump it up to an eight.
2: Nice. Well, there you have it, folks. Ex Machina <laughs> uh, is in the books, and stay tuned as we roll into our next film here on the February for uh February Movie Club, and that is The Hateful Eight by Quentin Tarantino. Welcome back to it. Uh, if you're listening, happening out there on the internet, uh, it might have been an awkward pause, but if not, you're on YouTube and this <laughs> is the next part. So the next movie in our February movie club here with Fanboys Anonymous is The Hateful Eight. Uh, the Hateful Eight is a 2015 American Western mystery film written and directed by the man Quentin Tarantino. It stars Samuel L. Jackson, Kurt Russell, Jennifer Jason Leigh, uh, Walter Goggins, Demian Burke, Tim Roth, of course, Michael Madsen, of course, and Bruce Dern as eight strangers who seek refuge from a blizzard in a stagecoach stopover sometime after the American Civil War. Whew, that was a mouthful. <laughs> uh, the movie was nominated for uh, Best Supporting Actress, uh, Jennifer Jason Lee, Best Original Score, and Best Cinematography for the upcoming Ceremony of the Academy Awards. Tony, we'll start with you, buddy. What was your
1: initial thoughts on The Hateful Eight? Well, Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction are two of my favorite movies of all time. And since then, Tarantino hasn't been as good. At least for my opinion. Kill Bill's (laughs) alright. Inglourious Bastards, I don't like as much as everybody else does. I know it's an unpopular opinion, but... I fell asleep during that. Yeah, I just don't... (laughs) I don't get it as much. I don't know. And um, Django was fine. So it's sort of like hatefully didn't grab my attention and I figured I was going to see it no matter what. But watching this movie, it kind of made me feel a little bit more like Reservoir Dogs. So I liked it more like that. Although it's, it's kind of the mixture between what I like about Reservoir Dogs and what I dislike about his most recent movies. Like I don't like the Western genre and I don't like this like hyper stylized. This is a reference to something that used to be in the past because I don't care about the past, so the idea of like (laughs) getting any kind of upgrade because it's a reference to something—it's lost on me. So I would have rather preferred this movie to be even more like Dogs, but the parts that were like that, I liked quite a bit. Caroline, what were your uh, initial thoughts on the Hate Flight?
0: I did not like this movie. I felt that it was kind—I was stuck in this like Western. Mystery dinner, one of those things kind of like <laughs> clue, but bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's going to be that oh, sorry, I'm being really mean, but That's fine. Um, I I really didn't like it. I was bored. I was like fighting not to fall asleep. And I like Quentin Tarantino a lot. Like I think that his um aesthetics and storytelling are normally very refreshing, but this one just felt old in a bad way.
2: Now, I've gone through the casting of the eight main characters um, that are called the Bounty Hunter, the Hangman, the Prisoner, the Sheriff, the Mexican, the Little Man, the Cow puncher, and the Confederate. Uh, but some of the supporting characters, as I'm looking at this on uh, our Wikipedia source, uh, Channing Tatum is Jody Demurgu, uh, James Parks as Ob Jackson, Dana Gurrier, er, that's French, I'm not going to make it, as <laughs> Minnie Mink, uh, Zoe Bell as Six Horse Judy, Lee Horsley as Ed, Gene uh, Jones as Sweet Dave, Keith Jefferson as Charity, Craig Stark as Chester Charles Smithers, uh, Belinda Owena as G- uh, Gemma, and Quentin Tarantino as the narrator, and uncredited.
1: Oh, it was Tarantino?
0: Uh,
2: yes. Huh. Um, Caroline, we'll start with you. How did you feel about the cast?
0: I mean, those actors are amazing. Um, I don't want to butcher her name, but uh, Daisy.
2: (laughs) Jennifer Jason Leigh?
0: Yes. I was going to change the two last names. I was going to change the order of them. So I'm just going (laughs) to call her Daisy. Um, She was really amazing. I can definitely see why she was nominated for Supporting Actress, even when she was being... (laughs) uh, showered with blood and brain matter. I liked her. Um uh, the guys too. <laughs> but like it there's no surprise to me because those people are amazing actors. Like Samuel Jackson, like, come on. Like I'll probably watch anything he's in. He's he's just the man. Um uh, no no hey. surprise. They were good.
2: Uh Tony, what were your thoughts on the casting for the movie? I don't want Jennifer Jason
1: Lee to win.
0: Well I don't either but I get why she's Yeah I could see that.
1: Uh, she was fine in the movie though I mean I don't want people to think that I think she was like utter bullshit or anything she she did her part perfectly fine Um, best out of all of them has to be either Samuel L. Jackson I mean at the very least his character was the one that I liked the best but maybe my biggest surprise was Walton Goggins he surprised me quite a bit he was really great in this And Bruce Dern was like you know, he sat in a chair the whole time it you know, wasn't that real hard I gotta say, though, one person that threw me off, Tim Roth, he just did an impression of Christoph Waltz. It sounded like he was trying to do his voice, 100%.
0: Yeah, I kind of agree with that.
1: And that was weird, because it was like, well, did he write the part for Christoph Waltz, and he couldn't get him because he was too busy with, like, Spectre or something like that, and it was just like, hey, Tim, can you, like, pretend to be Christoph for this movie? (laughs) Because I really would have rather had him instead of you, but... Come on, buddy. So, they were all great though in their their own way. Um some of them could have been replaced here and there. Like I don't think if they would have replaced uh Channing Tatum's character with a different actor, it would have made that much of a difference. But hearing him in that French accent, really Gambit. digging the idea that he's going to be Gambit. <laughs> this was his practice. Yeah.
2: Uh there was a little bit of controversy when it came to this film, or well, not so much the film, but more so with the director. Uh, in October 2015, Tarantino attended a Black Lives Matter rally and publicly commented on police brutality in the United States, saying, quote, When I see murderers, I do not stand by. Uh, I have to call a murderer a murderer, and I have to call the murderers murderers. Uh, Tarantino's comments received national media attention. and Several police groups in the United States uh, pledged to boycott the hateful Eight and other films. Tarantino said he's not a cop hater, but would not be intimidated by the calls for boycotts. Another issue that came up with this movie uh, it was supposed to have its debut in L.A., I think, at the Chinese theater, and it got bumped by Star Wars. Do you think these two things had an impact on the film's release and hitting audiences? Definitely. Sorry. Definitely.
1: Yeah. You can't open up around Star Wars and expect not to get crushed. Mm-hmm. And he had a whole big thing with a 70 millimeter. like He was trying to market that as a big special. Nobody cares, you know? Mm-hmm. Like the audience is gonna go. Well, I want to see Star Wars and IMAX. And then you go, yo, oh, I've got this old looking film in seventy millimeter. You guys want to go see that? It's three hours long and it's mostly talking." <laughs> Most people are gonna go. Oh, that sounds boring as shit. And somebody unless like me, unless you're oh, in
0: Brooklyn, New York, then that shit's gold. <laughs> yeah, if you go to like a hipster area, then it's yeah.
1: gonna, then people are. Yeah, making a more of a mess of the theater than if they would have seen Fifty Shades of Grey. Oh God! A
0: whole lot of But it,
1: the controversy, uh, it kind of helps, and it kind of hurts it. Mm-hmm. Like it gets people talking about it, but then again, when you're around Star Wars, that just gets swallowed up by the media. Like, yeah. And it's some kind of negative connotations, like the positive word works a lot better. But when you start getting criticized for saying the N-word as much as you do in this movie, <laughs> you're starting to alienate yourself a little bit. Mm-hmm.
2: Caroline, any other additional thoughts to this?
0: Well, I also wanted to add that um, this movie almost didn't get made at all because uh, the script was... Did we lose her? yeah.
2: You back? Hello?
0: Oh, yes. Sorry. Problems with my mic. (laughs) Uh,
2: I think we lost her again. (laughs) What she was going to say, it's a great movie, and you should totally go see it. Uh, Uh,
1: Until Caroline.
0: Sorry, I'm back. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I think. Oh, my God. I don't know. (laughs) Okay.
1: Caroline's Uh, sentence almost didn't get made.
0: (laughs) Okay. Yes. I'm back. (laughs) <laughs> okay. okay. Um, yeah it didn't get it almost didn't get made uh, he the plan was that because like he was like oh everybody already knows the story I'm not gonna make this movie he was gonna and I don't even know if he ended up doing that but he released it in like a book form uh, for people to read and then I think that there wasn't enough heat around that so the movie got made. Um And I feel like at least with some of my hipster friends, that's really why they wanted to watch the movie. It was like, oh, this movie almost didn't get made. It's going to be fantastic. And it's 70 meters and oh my God, it's Tarantino. Um, I think that when you start to fall into this category that you have to... Bad on controversy and trying to create something out of your movie that it's almost like don't you believe in your movie? Don't you believe in your craft that it can stand alone? So uh, I think that I think that's just a cheap plan, really.
1: I'm curious if the hipsters would have been like, "Oh, the book was so much better."
0: Oh, I know. I it's didn't like. Even well, it ask wasn't written as a book he got released or not, but I remember reading that he was going to do that. I don't know if he ended up doing that, but probably, yeah.
2: <laughs> so, just give you guys a couple of facts out there real quick about the film. Uh The music was by uh, Ennio
1: Morricone. I don't know if it's Ennio Morricone or Morricone. <laughs> I think uh, I've heard both.
2: I've killed my father. <laughs> uh, he was nominated for Best Original Score. Uh, the cinematography was by Robert Richardson, who was also nominated for Best Cinemat- Cinematography. But, uh, it was edited by Fred Raskin. The production company was Double Feature Films and Film Comedy, and it was distributed by the Weinstein Company. The release dates were December 8, 2015, and the Cinerama Dome premiere, and then released on Christmas uh, nationwide in the United States. The runtime for the road show was 187 minutes. The general version was 167. Uh, the country of origin is the United States with language of English. With a budget of $44 million, it box office hit $145.4 million. Uh, for the critical response, when we look at our Rotten Tomatoes, uh, the film has an approval rating of 75% based on 242 reviews, with an average rating of 7.4 out of 10. Uh, the site's critical consensus reads, The Hateful Eight offers another well-aimed round from Quentin Tarantino's signature blend of action, humor, and over-the-top violence, all while demonstrating an even stronger grip on his filmmaking craft. Um, what we're going to do, we're going to wrap up this film, but of course, naturally, we're going to go to the high point, low point, and rating one to 10.
1: Tony, we'll start with you. Low point, actually, probably the music.
0: I agree. Thank you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know why this is nominated for best original score. I thought it was terrible, horribly annoying. And it got stuck in my head too, which really oh. pissed me off because I didn't want it to get stuck in my head. So,
0: and like the Revenant's music, right? Yeah, well, it's just... <laughs> Revenant.
1: Revenant. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: I don't remember how the Hateful Eight's music goes, but I'm thankful that I forgot about it. My favorite part of the movie? Um, I don't know. I mean, I can't really pinpoint a specific part that I liked the best because I was a little disappointed in different sections. But maybe it's just the fact that I don't really like stew, and it looked so good like, that I actually spent like the whole rest of the day just going, I wonder if I should just eat soup for dinner today. <laughs> so that's stew. That gets a thumbs up for me for sure. And movie-wise, uh, 0 to 10, I probably would give it a 6. There's parts that are interesting, and then there's parts that are weird. Like It just gets too slow, and it turns into clue suddenly in chapter four and that's kind of cool, but it's kind of weird too. And what's with the slow motion dialogue, just weird choices. And I think if, uh, Tarantino would have had a different mindset, it would have been a better movie.
2: Caroline, what were your high points, low points and rating one to 10?
0: I agree with Tony that the worst part of this movie was definitely the music. I didn't get it. Like, I get it. It's like tar- Tarantino's style. He tries to go, like, even with Django, it was like, oh, this movie set in the past, but let's put, like, some modern twist to the music. That doesn't always work. And the music was just goddamn awful. Like, there was nothing good about it. Um, high points, I guess there was some, like, nice gore to it. I wasn't mad at the gore. <laughs> Even though I don't think it was, like, really the best I've seen. But, you know, like, I enjoyed when Channing Tatum's head got blown off. Like, that was that was cute. But... <laughs> I,
2: I don't think most people describe that as cute, but,
0: you know. <laughs> well, not most people. I'm really special. <laughs> um, Yeah. And I'm going to give it a four four yeah and i'm being nice about it i really didn't like this movie guys
2: (laughs) well there you have it the hateful eight in the books as we get ready to roll on to our next film here on the movie club for february oscar films uh the next film is mad max if you're listening live deal with this awkward pause because it makes editing so much better and if you're watching on youtube click the next video because hey That's what you're supposed to do. (laughs) And stay tuned for part three of this movie club. What an awkward pause. Welcome back to the uh, movie club here for February. And it's the Oscar uh, movie edition. The next film here in part three that we'll be talking about is Mad Max. It's an uh, Australian. Wow. It's an action film. That's freaking crazy. Uh, With a franchise created by George Miller and Byron Kennedy, it began in 1979 with the original Mad Max and was followed by three films, Mad Max 2, The Road Warrior uh, in 1981, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, 1985, and Mad Max Fury Road, which is this one, 2015. Uh, Mel Gibson starred in the first three films, and with Tom Hardy took over the lead role in the fourth film. Uh, the series follows the adventures of Max, a uh, police officer of the Main Force Patrol in a future Australia whose civilization is rapidly collapsing due to war and critical resource shortages. Uh, the film has been nominated uh, to receive Academy Award recognition, receiving ten nominations, including Best Picture and Best Director. Caroline, what were your initial thoughts on Mad Max: Fury Road?
0: Mad Max. Was awesome. I as soon as I left the theater, I watched it with my cousin. We were like ready to come home, burn our bras, and start revolution. It was. I loved that movie. It was so good. And I know that it's kind of a weird movie because some people apparently hated it and thought that it didn't have enough dialogue and the girls were dumbing it and, and all that fun. stuff. But I liked it. I thought it was it got me pumped. I liked it.
2: You scare me sometimes. Tony, <laughs> what were your initial thoughts on Mad Max Fury Road?
1: I had no interest in the Mad Max series beforehand. And when this movie came out, I was like, this looks like it's just pure style over substance. And then it starts getting all this attention and it starts getting these like awards recognition. And I'm like, no, come on. Then it gets nominated for the best picture. And I'm like, what the fuck am I missing here? So watching this, I'm surprised. I liked it quite a bit.
0: <laughs> Yay. I
2: overall I thought it was a good movie. One of the uh I would say second best on this list of four, even though I'm the host and shouldn't be really getting into it. Um the <laughs> casting, of course, Tom Hardy was Max Rocketansky. 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 Wazowski. Max uh Charlie Sheron <laughs> as the imperator. F- Furicia Furiosa. The... Furiosa. Furiosa. She was the bitch. <laughs> uh, it's
0: awesome.
2: Nicholas Holt as Nux. Hugh Keys Burn as more. Immort- these words I don't use. Morton Joe. And <laughs> Morton Joe. Uh Josh Hellman as Slit. I use that word. Uh, Nathan Jones, former WWE superstar, yeah. as Rictus Erectus. Great <laughs> name. Uh, Zoe Kravis as Toast the Knowing. Rosie Huntington Whitley as the splendid Angahard. Uh, nah, Anga I do uh, Riley. Well, it's okay. Yeah, we'll call her Ange. Uh, <laughs> Riley Co as Capable. Okay. Uh, Abby Lee as the Dag. Uh, Courtney Eaton as Cheeto the Fragile. John Howard as the People Eater. Richard Carter as the Bullet Farmer. I just like saying these names. That's why I'm listening to these <laughs> I owe... I- I- That's not a name. This is his real name. I O T A as it's a lowercase I capital O T A Hmm. as the doof warrior or doof warrior. I'm going to go with doof doof Doof, Doof warrior. Uh, Angus Sampson as the organic mechanic rhymes, uh, Jennifer Hagen as Miss Giddy, Megan Gale as the Valkyrie, Melissa Jaffer as keeper of the seeds, uh, militia Jurisic, Gillian jones Joyce smothers anita Kel- uh kellerman christina coach as the volvaney uh Joan isles as the ace and quentin kenehan as corpse corpse
1: colossus corpus colossus i think yeah
2: corpus colossus a midget what did you think of the casting tony <laughs> <laughs> Like holy Oscar. shit like,
1: <laughs> I don't know what to think about this the characters themselves were like I mean Corpus Colossus right there you got this midget in a wheelchair kind of thing and then it's disgusting. the doof warrior oh, is just it. like whatever the fuck the do dude, the, the dude's riding on a fucking whatever the hell he's riding on and he's got an electric guitar that shoots flames oh, yeah, that guy. Uh, isn't
0: that like so cool though like don't you want to be him a little bit
1: not at all, <laughs> I don't the want to be a part of this world in the slightest bit. <laughs> it was crazy though. I mean, like, um, some of the people obviously are just kind of like friends of the director and whatever. The guy who plays Morton Joe apparently he was in one of the old Mad Max movies, he was like one of the villains, and he just brought him back as a different character because it's kind of like, hey, I like this guy. <laughs>
0: That's awesome.
1: Tom Hardy, he's cool. He does a good job playing that same type of character from what I had seen in the Mad Max movies before. I think I saw Beyond Thunderdome. Kind of remember that a little bit. But the standout of the whole thing is Charlize Theron. Um, yeah. She just kills it as Furiosa. And I can understand why there's such a big, big focus on her in the movie because, you know, the feminism movement and stuff like that. But uh, actually, you know what? Another person who stands out to me quite a bit, Nicholas Holt.
0: Yes, please. He was yes, so hot in that movie. Oh my god! Like he's just oh so hoover. pale and creepy, and like sniffing that thing, whatever that was. That what spray. was up with
1: that? The spray the sulfur in their mouth.
0: Yeah. Oh,
2: so I just kept thinking of Charlie from It's Always Sunny.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's a lot of stuff in this movie I just didn't get. I had a lot of what the fuck moments. Like, why are they calling gasoline guzzoline? They
2: felt nomadic with the way they talked and the way they presented themselves.
1: Yeah. And, like, well, the characters are like, well, this is the Valkyrie. Mm -hmm. What happened to, like, Sarah? (laughs) It it really felt
2: like if a bunch of third graders got to name characters and stuff and they got to run a society, like, oh, I'm the Bruce. I know, but like
0: at least with the female characters, it makes a lot of sense because they weren't seen as human beings. Really, they were just breeding machines. So I totally get why they were almost like named as pets.
1: What was Uh, Zoe Kravitz's name in the movie? uh, Toast Toast? the Knowing. Toast. I would
0: love
2: to call a girl Toast.
1: Really, they took the black one and they named her Toast.
0: Yeah, I know.
1: Wow.
2: Calling Caroline uh, Toast for the rest of
0: them. You're gonna call me Toast now. I'm not.
2: Toast what were your awesome, thoughts on though.
0: cast? I'm kind of like a latte. <laughs> I'll
2: call you a latte for the rest of the show. Latte. Okay. What were your thoughts on the cast?
0: I liked it. I mean, part of me is kind of mad that the girls were so pretty. Um
1: Not the old They one, were...
0: No, I mean, I get. I get it. I get it. But No, I liked it. I'm not going to shit on it. I liked it. I think good. that it's just, it's a good movie. Like, I don't think, I mean, they were all models, but their acting didn't bother me as some of other movies that have models in it have in the, have in the past. Um, yeah. And Tom Hardy's awesome. And Nicholas Holt was so sexy. I'm going to keep talking about him. We're going to stop now. oh.
2: Uh, to give you some facts about this movie, it was written by George Miller, Brendan McCarthy, and Nico Latherus. Get real names, people. Uh, music by Junkie XL. It's phenomenal.
1: They got best score. I hope they win best score. He's the one that does uh, Batman's theme in Batman v. Superman.
0: Does he? Uh-huh. Yeah,
1: so, I mean, I like the music in this. I thought it was cool. Actually, yeah. probably the best music out of all four of these movies.
0: Agreed.
1: So that's kind of helping me think that Batman v Superman's not going to be as bad off. What kind of name's Junkie XL, though? His real name's probably terrible. It's probably like Tom or His
2: real name's Tom Hulkenbord. Yeah, you keep Junkie XL. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, the cinematography was done by John Seal, edited by Margaret Sixel, and production company Kennedy. Miller Mitchell, Rat Pack Dune Entertainment, Village Roadshow Pictures, and distributed by Warner Bros. Pictures. The release date was the 7th of May, 2017, at the Chinese Theater. Happy birthday to my brother. Uh, The 14th of May, it was released in Australia and the United Kingdom. And then the 15th, it was released nationwide here in the States. Uh, Runtime is 120 minutes. Uh, Country is Australia and United States. The language is English. The budget was $150 And the box office was 376.7 million. The critical wow. response was, uh, 97 approval rating and rating average score of 8.6 out of 10, based on 335 reviews from Rotten Tomatoes with the site consensus reads, quote, with exhilarating action and a surprising amount of narrative heft, uh, Mad Max Fury Road brings George Miller's post-apocalyptic franchise roaring vigorously back to life. Um, as we do with all our films here on the movie club, Carol, or Latte, we're going to start with you. (laughs) High point, low point, and rating one to 10.
0: Um, the highest point in this movie for me was the world that they created. Um, the costume design was so badass. Uh, makeup was amazing as well. So the whole world, the whole feeling of the world to me was like my favorite part of the movie. Um, yeah, that was my favorite part. Low point, not enough nickels hold. That was it.
2: <laughs> rating one to ten?
0: Oh, um I'll I'll give it an eight.
2: There you go. That's Latte's opinion. Over <laughs> to you, Tony. What were your high points, low points in rating one to ten?
1: Kind of agree that the world building was really cool. I usually don't like that, and I actually don't like this kind of stuff pretty much at all. Like if you were to show me some kind of thing that's got a whole bunch of spikes around it or whatever, I wouldn't think that it was badass. Or, you know, well, we've got a whole bunch of people that are calling themselves uh, Imperator This and Immortant Joe. And
0: <laughs>
1: I don't know. I like I don't like Lord of the Rings. I don't like my least favorite part of the Star Wars movies is the idea that they're like you're supposed to care about the fact that they're aliens. So a character like um, uh, what was the name of that? Unker Plot, the dude from the newest uh, Force Awakens. Like, the design of that character meant nothing to me. It was just weird. I like the Jedi shit. And in something like Star Trek, I like the space stuff. I don't like the aliens. And Lord of the Rings, I liked the fighting and stuff. I didn't like the idea of the wizards and whatever. So I thought I would do the same when it comes to Mad Max. And it was still kind of cool to watch them introduce different elements, like the idea of Max being a universal blood donor, and that he could be used to give blood to these people that have some kind of radiation sickness, and that could help, like, uh, prolong so their life a little bit.
0: bread. That's
1: yeah. I don't know. They're all yeah. fucked up. The half lives. <laughs> yeah, it's like
2: Alabama. I mean, they're,
1: sorry. They're all messed up for <laughs> so many different ways. Uh, but it was cool to see something like the idea that they were these kamikaze psychopaths that were all just like, "Witness me! I'm gonna fucking yes. kill everybody and myself," and uh. So I guess that's my favorite part about it. Just seeing that Uh, side note about it though. A lot of people, I mentioned this a little bit earlier about people are both praising and criticizing the movie for this idea that it was like this big feminist movement. I don't see why the anti-feminist people are bitching because there were two good guys in the main cast. Mm -hmm. And the one of them was like the protagonist but then, on the other side of the things, the people that are saying this it really does show a good side for women, that's true because Furiosa was a badass, and she
0: was, yeah,
1: to balance it out, some of the other women completely weren't, so it's like a fifty fifty split i don't I don't know why everybody's making a big fuss over it.
0: People um, make a big fuss over stuff just because
1: that's true. my least favorite part of the whole thing, Corpus Colossus, that just made me uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't want to ever see that. And that's a character that doesn't die.
0: What part of it made you really uncomfortable? I'm curious.
1: Probably the breathing tube. (laughs) More than anything. Because, I mean, I don't know. Everything about it. But we're also talking about a movie where some dude just had, out of all the parts for him to not be wearing, it was uh, his nipples were open. yeah, With the chains (laughs) between them. uh, Yeah, I don't like that. (laughs) stuff. Oddly enough, I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10.
2: Well, there you have it. Mad Max Fury Road is done, edited, and out for uh, debate. We're moving on to the next film here on the, Four Real Mo- on the Movie Club. Uh, the next film being The Martian, which will wrap up our February edition of Oscar films. So if you're listening live, hold tight for an awkward pause. If you're listening on YouTube, click the next video, and we'll be right back with The Martian. Welcome to the fourth and final part of our February Movie Club with the Oscar Movie Edition. Our final film today on this podcast is The Martian. It's a 2015 American science fiction film directed by Ridley Scott and starring Matt Damon. <laughs> <laughs> the film is based on Andy Wilde, uh, Weir's 2011 novel, The Martian, which Drew Goddard adapted into a screenplay. Me at and stars as an astronaut who is mistakenly presumed dead and left behind on Mars. The film depicts a struggle to survive and others effort to rescue him. The film ensemble cast also includes Jessica Chastain, Kristen Wiig, which caught me off guard. Jeff Daniels, Michael Peña, uh, Katie Mara, Sean Bean caught me off guard. Sebastian Stan, Excel Henny, and Chitwell.
1: of four There you go eventually found out how to say that the right way,
0: too. <laughs> um,
2: initial thoughts,
1: Latte.
0: You know what? This movie kind of surprised me a little bit because of all the movies for the movie club, this one was the one that I didn't really want to see and I didn't care about. Um, And I thought I was going to completely hate it. I didn't completely hate it. It was okay. But there were points that kind of felt like a very high-budget Lifetime movie.
2: <laughs> uh, Tony, what were your initial thoughts on The Martian?
1: I thought this was going to be the one that I liked the best, and I was the most disappointed with oh, it, actually. No. I saved it for last, because I was like, oh, man, at least if I go through the other three and they kind of suck, The Martian will be good. And then I was just kind of like, you know, there's not really a whole lot of substance to this. <laughs> it's just like something goes wrong, but we'll figure out the math, and then they do. <laughs> So, I mean, it, it's it's fine. But it's not the type of movie I was expecting it to be. Weird. It's my favorite out of the four.
2: Way <laughs> better than Interstellar. Uh, <laughs> oh,
1: yeah, I'll agree with that one. <laughs> well,
0: I, I fell asleep on that one, so I don't Sorry.
1: know. <laughs> you could actually hear the characters in The Martian. Yes.
2: <laughs> uh, again, the cast, I've already gone through most of them. Some of them shocking me, such as Kristen Wiig, Sean Bean, and being in this film. Another one that shocked me was Donald Glover was in it. Um, mm. And many of you may know him from community. And he was this weird, eccentric genius yeah. that eventually solved the issue to get me <laughs> Uh Tony, what were your thoughts on casting?
1: Really good cast. It's a shame that a lot of them couldn't really do all that much. This was mm-hmm. basically Matt Damon sort of looking into a camera for a good portion of that. And um seeing some of the people cast in some of the roles were really surprising. Like you said, like I would not have expected out of all the people to play the head of that division to be Sean Bean. Yes. It was <laughs> like, dude, shouldn't you be up there dying? Yeah, like, oh my God, he's going to die. I don't know right? how. <laughs> and I had watched Steve Jobs the other day since that's another movie that's nominated for best picture or actually, no, it's not nominated for best picture. It's nominated for just like uh best actor or something. Uh, so I had seen Jeff Daniels the other day playing the part of a dude who's in control of a company and doesn't know what's right and what's wrong and kind of goes back and forth. And then in this movie, it's like head of the CIA or the CIA, the uh, head of NASA and doesn't know exactly what to do and trying to go back and forth. But the difference is between those two movies, he's more of a jerk. And Steve Jobs, he's more of a good guy in this one. So that was better because it was uh, easier for me to swallow his character. And a lot of them were just sort of Like I like seeing some of these actors like Kate Mara deserves to be a better known actress than what she is. She just ends up taking these movies like fantastic four and it fucks her career over. Uh, Sebastian Stan, perfectly good background guy. Michael Pena, of course. Uh, it was a shame that he couldn't do this Ant Man gimmick, <laughs> just like yeah, you know, she's crazy, stupid, fine. And so... I talked to this guy who was on this guy that was on the space station that lives on Mars, and it was... <laughs> Yeah, Exactly, that would have been awesome. That would have been a scene in there. Kristen Wiig came out of nowhere. You're right. Like, just, you're in this movie, okay? And Donald Glover was just like, shit, dude. Uh, Matt Damon, perfect person to play his part, I think.
2: Uh, Latte, what were your thoughts on casting? <laughs>
0: you really going to call me that? Okay.
2: Oh, yeah. You're stuck with that. Oh, right. Forever.
0: Uh, oh, no. Well, I guess that's better than what I've been calling the past, but well, that's okay. <laughs> um.
1: It's either that or toast. <laughs> yeah. Toast? Turn down toast.
0: Oh. <laughs> oh, let me answer the question. <laughs> I'm sorry, Latte. Please, please. Um... Yeah, I agree with Tony. I think the cast was alright. Um, I could kinda see Tom Hanks playing the car- the character of Matt Damon as well, just because I feel like he did a castaway kinda like similar, I don't know. Um It was fine. I mean everybody was fine. Kristen Wiig, I just I I hate her, so I could be without her. Somebody else in that role, even though it was like a small girl. I just didn't get why she was in there.
2: Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, give you some facts about the film. Uh, again, the screenplay was by Drew Goddard. It's based on The Martian by Andy Weir. Uh, music by Harry Gregson-Williams. Ooh. Cinematography by oh, geez, <laughs> Dries Walski. Uh, Dries? Yeah, f- fuck it. Uh, <laughs> edited by Pietro Scalia. Uh, production companies were Scott Free Productions. Kinberg Genre TSG Entertainment, and distributed by 20th Century Fox. The release date was September 11th, 2015 at TIFF. I don't know what that is. Uh, oh, Toronto, Toronto International Film Festival. Just say that. October 2nd, 2015 in the United States. The runtime is 141 minutes. Uh, Country is the United States. Language is English. The budget was $108 million and the boxed office was six, $619.7 million. Uh, the critical response the Rotten Tomato uh, which categorized reviews as positive or negative surveyed 287 critics and determined that 92% of the reviews were positive with a rating average of 7.9 out of 10 and the consensus quote smart thrilling and surprisingly funny the Martian offers a faithful adaptation of the best best or the best selling book that brings out the best in the leading man Nia Damon and <laughs> director Ridley Scott um, one thing I want to talk about about this film that I thought was interesting and kind of alluded to me to another space film that's fictional is the music. Now, one thing I was a big fan of, of guardians of the galaxy was the soundtrack because of how, uh, old the soundtrack was with some of the hits they were using. What did you guys think of the music with hits such as turn the beat around hot stuff by Donna summer, rock the boat "Starman" by David Bowie, waterloo by ABBA, uh, love train. And I will survive. Uh, latte we'll start with
0: you uh i like the soundtrack a lot like i love those songs hot stuff like got me like so excited and Starman made me cry <laughs> which is probably like the highest point in the movie for me um yeah i think it was good i i like that they kind of explain why they're playing the songs that the um
2: Catherine um, had
0: a bad taste. <laughs> yeah, she had, like she only has like that kind of stuff in her in the music folder, or whatever. Uh, yeah, I liked it.
2: Uh, Tony, what were your thoughts on the soundtrack?
1: Outside of hot stuff, I hate all the other songs.
0: Oh, <laughs> so on. when he
1: said that he was gonna kill himself, he heard that too often. I was thinking <laughs> the same thing in the movie. I'm like, oh god, I don't want to hear Love Train for this, it's so awkward. <laughs> the score. Kind of, I have to listen to that again because there were a couple of points in this where I was just like, "Did they just steal something from Moon?" It sounded kind of like it, and I wouldn't be too surprised if, like, the little like kind of the background thing, if they were just like, "Yeah, just take that from Moon." We like that.
2: Well, he previously worked on Kingdom of Heaven, Prometheus, and Exo- uh, Exodus Gods and Kings, the main film, yeah,
1: uh, for the film score. Film score. I do like Harry Harry Gregson Williams. I think he actually did um, Team America. Medium. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think he might have been the one that does that, or it might have been somebody else who was in that same chain of the uh, Remote Control Productions.
2: Uh, as we do for all films, as we ride down here on the Four Real Movie Club or the Movie Club. My bad. Four films confuses me. Who knows? I'm crazy. Uh, Tony, what were your high points, low points, and rating one to ten?
1: High point. Uh. Hmm. I guess the thing that I liked the best about this movie overall was just that. See, I I guess I could tie this into my low point a little bit. I'm not a big fan of tension movies, so I didn't really like gravity because it was just one thing after another of like, well, then this went wrong and then now we got to do this or else we're going to die. Then this thing goes wrong and then we're going to die, whatever that stuff kind of gets like exhausting for me. And Maybe I have, like, too much stress already in my life that I don't want to (laughs) see another thing that's just constant stress and poking at me and whatever. So I guess that was my least favorite part, or maybe the fact that Matt Damon was just a little too on-the-nose charming. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: But my favorite part would probably be how they could actually bring some levity into it. So you did have, like, a, well, I fucked this up, but I'll figure out a way. And then it was like, all right, so I don't have to be that stressed (laughs) out. (laughs) <laughs> but it was really unoffensive. Like, it was good, but nothing's really that great or memorable about it. So, I don't know if I, anything really stands out all that much. So, I'd probably give it like a 6 out of 10.
2: Latte, high point, low point. And what was your rating? 1 to
0: 10? High point. Uh, aside from Starman playing, um, I liked uh, the sets they shot at. Uh, Mars looked really cool, and all of the space. Uh, stuff looked good as well didn't look too CGI for my taste like I, I enjoyed that um low point see like I'm the opposite of Tony like I go to the movies and I want to feel something that just makes me really uncomfortable or <laughs> makes me cry or it just makes me really upset or something like made me feel something and this movie was just kind of like a fart in the wind for me like nothing really <laughs> happened like I, I, well a lot happened but it was like nothing I just it didn't like emotionally resonate with me at all so that was like the worst part of it uh, I'll give it a f- 5 why not
2: there you have it me at Demon was rescued again here on the movie club and that'll do us for this month's edition Oscar movies as we always do with all our podcasts here at Fanboys Anonymous we like to go around the horn and see what everybody's up to Latte, we'll start with you. What you got going on? <laughs> Maybe your real name?
0: <laughs> yes, guys. My name is Caroline. the <laughs> no, Latte. Um, well, yes. Uh, always check out Fanboys Anonymous. There's always, like, awesome articles uh, popping up up there. So make sure you go check it and read them all. Uh, and check out my website, creepycaroline.bigcartel.com. And that's it.
2: Mr. Mango, what do you got to plug, bud?
1: Far too much. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, First off, I just want to throw out there to always check out fanboysanonymous.com for anything else we have going your way for the articles and for the different podcasts and stuff. We are going to be talking a little bit about the Oscars, maybe, depending on if we've got people who are interested in talking about it, and maybe not. If that isn't the case, then you just pay attention to what the Oscars results are on fanboysanonymous.com, and I'll be giving my opinion about that somewhere along there, too. Uh, We've got a whole bunch of stuff coming up this next month for Batman v. Superman. There's going to be another unboxing video, most likely. There's going to be maybe a group meeting about that topic, maybe about something else. I don't know, but we might actually debut a new segment. So stay uh, tuned to hear about that. There might be a fan tracks that I'm thinking about doing of Batman and Robin.
2: I want to play the voice of Robin.
1: <laughs> there could end up being a whole lot of different things. Cause that's a, a funny thing that we can get into. And maybe even next month's movie club could end up being Batman movies or Superman movies or both. God knows what yet. If you have any suggestions, leave them in the comments below. And if you're interested in the pro wrestling side of things, go to smarkoutmoment.com. You'll find everything there, including our new t-shirts that we have on sale at Redbubble. So go buy some stuff.
2: <laughs> and one cheap plug from yours truly. March 12th, we're doing a charity event, a DaceTacular Gaming for a Cause, where we're raising money for Alzheimer's organization, the Delaware Valley Association. So please, if you got five bucks, donate. There's some awesome prizes, comic books, video games, tickets to the Phillies if you're in the area, and much, much more. It's March 12th, starting at noon, running to March 13th at noon. I'll be there. Mr. Mango will be there. Plenty of people in the Fanboys Anonymous and Dace Man Show Network will be At the event, again, check out, you can donate at fanboysandhonest.com and com. So, for myself and my esteemed colleagues, Latte and Mango, this (laughs) is the uh, February Movie Club. Thank you guys for watching, and we'll see you next month.
0: At no point in your rambling,
1: incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be
0: considered a rational thought. I'm too old for this. Good day, sir! You say classy, San Diego. Rose? Well, we're going, we don't need roads. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. I'm finished. That'll I'll go. past the vista, baby.
2: Hey, everybody! We're all gonna get late.
0: You're still here?
2: It's over. Go home.